a church moving forward, the enemies that come to try to defeat us. We started off talking about the enemy of what? Ignorance. Remember I told you that? For instance, I'm going through a situation in my life. I showed you last week the grounds. Remember the grounds I showed you last week? The good soil, the thorns. And and I told you that you got to know what kind of soil you are. Because as the word is being taught to you, it's falling upon your life. And here's the thing. You got to ask yourself a question tonight. Did you come all the way here to Pearland, amen, to church tonight, right, to leave here the same? And when the word of God is preached or taught, it's falling upon your life, and therefore that's how you begin to change. Now, one of the things that happens to the, en- the enemy does, and I showed you this last week, amen, I told you that the enemy, when you do not understand the word of God, what, what happens? Let's go there for a minute. All right, go to Matthew 13. All right, and go to uh, verse, I just want to show you one of them. Uh, verse, verse 18, verse 18 for me. Go to verse 18 and 19. Uh, here it is. It says, here then the parable of the sower. Now Jesus is explaining the parable, right? Verse 19, it says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not what? The, the, this is the one I really like. Because a lot of people come to church, but they don't really understand the word. Right? And so that's one of the enemies. Watch this. Uh, one of the enemies I told you is the enemy of ignorance. And the enemy of ignorance means that, now that doesn't mean you're crazy. Doesn't mean you, you know. It just means that you don't have right information. All right? That ignorance means you don't have knowledge. And so what happens to us is this. He says, if anyone hears the word, the, the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, The what? The evil one does what? Comes and snatches away what has been what? Sown where? Right. You know, there are a lot of people sitting in church, they're hearing the word, but because of this enemy of ignorance, right, what happens to them, listen, there's stubborn ignorance I told you about. Uh, there 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 are some of us who are neglecting, watch this, the word of God, and therefore we're not truly understanding it. And what Satan does is when you leave here tonight, he wants to grab it from you. His job tonight is to steal from you. The question I have tonight is will you let him take it? Amen. And so oftentimes, and I told you, Uh, The enemies that comes to cripple us is not only the enemy of ignorance, but also the enemy of what? And we've been talking about this for three weeks. The enemy of what? Unbelief. Many of us struggle with that. Many of us struggle to believe when our situations get tough. That's what I just did in the book of, in, in Exodus just now. Right? What happened to the children of Israel? 
They stopped believing God's word the moment that life got tough. Hello, somebody. And I'm going to say this to you tonight. You can't be the person that keeps falling into unbelief just when things are not going well in your life. Are you with me? Listen to this. How does unbelief affect us? How does unbelief affect us? Number one, it says what? If a person knows God's word and yet does not believe it, watch this, what value would it be in their lives? Number two, they will not, there will be no desire for what? Obedience. Number three, they will see no need for obedience. Number, next one says, many eventually do not believe that God cares how they live. May I say this to you? God cares how you live. And I know a lot of people who say they know God, but they don't live it. Amen. They think that they can live. Oh, yeah. Amen. They're called so-called Christians. They carry the name Christians by name. But when they leave church, they don't ever pick up this Bible. Hello, somebody. How many of you know all 66 books of the Bible? And you, can memor- you got it memorized and can say it. Maybe you can get to. Amen. We got to know our Bibles, y'all. We cannot let Satan what? Take from us. Snatch away what has been sown in our what? Hearts. Right now, the word is going into your heart. But the question I have for you, right, do you really believe? Do you really believe what it says? Amen. And oftentimes people fall for this. They fall for the tricks of the enemy and the enemy keeps them defeated because watch this. Listen, when you start giving up Bible study... Bible study is where you grow. When you start giving up certain activities in church, when you start, stop. Listen, when you're more interested in coming to the stuff that, that's more entertaining, not the stuff that's instructional. Come on, somebody. Not, not the stuff that's going to help you to become better. Okay, then you're on, you, listen, you're moving into what? Unbelief. I'm going to the next enemy here in a minute, but but I want to continue dealing with this unbelief thing here. Watch this. Let let me show you something. Let me show you something. Go to Hebrews, well, Hebrews chapter 11. So, So the question is, how do we defeat the enemy of unbelief? Is that a good question? How? Because here's the thing. Like the children of Israel, what I showed you earlier... Their unbelief came in when they, can I ask a question? Does anybody here deal with unbelief? When does it happen? Oh. When stuff starts, okay. Right? Or why me? Right? Right. Why, why am I going through this, right? 
Okay, good. This is, we, we're doing some good stuff here. Watch this. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. Because you know what? Uh, prosperity is harder to handle than adversity sometimes. Me, I run to my knees. <laughs> okay? But, but when things are good, oh, man, you're like, ah, uh, you know, I ain't, you know, I ain't got to go today. You know, I can just, you know, I can get away with a few days off. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody else? When does un- unbelief set in for you? Because it happens to all of us. Okay, expectation. When things are not going the way that you want them to go, right? Amen, right? Or you think they should go. Anybody else? Okay. When you pray for something for a long time, that's a definite one to make you like, man, is God, what is God doing? What is I've been asking. I, I'm not being unreasonable here, God. I mean, what's the problem here? Right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. Amen. All right. Okay. All right. When things don't what? Happen fast enough, right? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? That's something that we all struggle with, y'all. When things, man, and everything that we said tonight is legitimate but in God's eyes, is it legitimate? <laughs> it's not, right? Because in God's eyes, he says, here's what I want you to do real quick. I want you to just hit the rewind button. And I want you to chronicle in your mind what I have done for you what? Before. Listen, i I never forget, I've been praying and asking God and it didn't happen when I wanted and you know what my feelings was hurt because I'm like man come on man what's what's going on right God you know what I need God you know what I'm asking for right but you know what it's funny how resourceful I became it's amazing how God allowed me in my season of waiting watch this to open, to watch this, to see other doors. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Because, and, and grow. Because, watch this, because had he answered my prayer, I would have overlooked that opportunity. Oh, come on, somebody. Give God a praise for that. Give God, give God a praise. Lord, I didn't even know that door was there, God. I didn't even know. But thank you, Lord, that, yeah, the holdup, watch this, wasn't, wasn't for long. But, and right as those doors opened, everything I asked for just started coming in. So not only did I get what I was asking for, I got double for my trouble. Do I have anybody? So, so how do we defeat this, this, this enemy? Of unbelief. How do we do that? How do we, how do we do it? Remember I told you they're linked together, right? There's the enemy of ignorance and there's the enemy of what? Unbelief. So go to Hebrews 11, 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Let's go there. You know, I want to help somebody tonight. 
I want to help you to understand something. God is real, y'all. Hey, listen, he's real, y'all. Now, now look at verse 6. This is why you have to discipline your mind in the midst of trials. It's hard. I know it's hard. But remember what I said, we've been here before, right? We've been through some stuff before, right? And so that's why I have what's called a God book. I call it my God book. You know what I call that thing? I call it my God book because what I do is I write out everything God has done miraculously for me. You know why? Because I have seasons in my life where things just go dead silent. And it's in those seasons, sometimes I call it my faith file. And it's in those seasons I'm able to open this book. Sometimes, just recently, I opened it up. I went back. Oh, man, look what. And I write out every miraculous. I've written out every miraculous thing that God has done for me. All right? And in those seasons, I go back and I read. I say, oh, man, there it is. He did that. There he is. He did that. Okay, God, I get it. You, I'm not alone. I, listen, I, I've, seen your, I've seen your powerful hands upon my life. I've seen what you have done for me. Listen, I remember when somebody just blessed me with $1,000. I remember when this person, you know, opened doors for me to, to make an opportunity. These are things I, I don't just over, I write down everything. You know why? Because I know there are times of silence. So that when the devil comes to try to get me to think that God has left me in this wilderness by myself, I got a fate file that I can go back to, that I can reference along with the word of God to say, man, my God is good. Listen, do I just want God when he's doing good things for me? Job's wife asked the same question. Job asked his wife the same question. Baby, boo, let me ask you a question. Where you been hanging? And who you been hanging with? Because you sound like one of these foolish women. Do we just accept the what? The good from God and not the what? The adversity. Right? God is still good, y'all. You know the man that brought his child, the centurion that was bringing his child to Jesus? You know what he said? He was so honest, man. He said, you know what? I believe, man. But please help my unbelief. It's like we believe, but then we flip back. So watch this. Here's how you remedy this. You remedy unbelief with what? With faith. (laughs) Now, when we start talking about faith, go up to verse 1. Now what? Now, faith is the assurance of things what? The convictions of things what? Not seen. seen. For by it men of old 
gained what? Approval. Look at verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the what? Word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things which are what? Visible. You know what he's saying? This world came into being by faith. It was spoken. It was a word. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Didn't he not do that? Then what did God do? God divided the waters, right? Come on, somebody. Y'all know your Bible, okay? He says it was not made by things that were seen. But look what it says. It says, but it was not, but things were visible. Now, look at verse 4. He said, now, now, now we're moving into what's called the hall of faith. Look what it says. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than what? Than Cain. Now, now what I'm trying to get you to see here tonight, everything hinges upon your faith. Now, I'm getting back to verse 6, but I wanted you to catch the context. Cain offered a sacrifice to God. Listen, Cain um, brought his offering to God. Abel was a tiller of the ground. Cain was the hunter. God didn't even ask for the sacrifice. But Cain, Abel said something. This is what Abel said. Abel said, man, I've grown all these fruits. And I got a sneaky suspicion that it wasn't by my power that these things grow. Got it? Abel said to himself, man, golly, man, I'm blessed. All I did was plant, come on somebody, the seed, right? Cain's like, man, I got all these goats and I got all this stuff. You understand what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I'm doing all this work, right? Two different peoples, two, two different people, two different faiths. But the moment that harvest time came, you know, do you know what? Do you know what Abel did? By faith? He gave his best to God. So, so now my question is, why did the Hebrew writer start off with Cain and Abel? <laughs> oh, Abel and Cain. Because he wanted us to see that it began all the way in Genesis. And here's the thing. The outcome of Cain... Abel died for giving a good gift. He died for his faith. Do you know what that, that's an illustration of? Jesus. Oh, I don't think you heard me. He brought his what? His best. Saints, I'm trying to help you tonight. And you got to hear me. Don't tune me out. You got to give God. If you're going to overcome unbelief, you have to do it by faith. You have to believe when you don't even see it. 
you got to believe that all things are possible. That even when it looks difficult, even when it doesn't look like it's there, you got to have the kind of faith, because watch this, your faith in God, not faith in things, but faith in God. And let me say this to you, he can do it. How many know he can do it? Watch the text. The text says, look what it says. It says, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, the, through which he obtained what? The testimony that he was what? Righteous. God testifying about his what? Notice, God was testifying about Abel's what? Gift and through faith, though he is what? Dead, he still what? Speaks. Even today. See, can I ask you a question? What legacy will you leave behind? See, are you going to leave a faith legacy behind? Come on, somebody. Or what, what type of legacy are you leaving behind? And here's the thing. The Bible says even though he's dead, he still speaks. We can learn something from this. When unbelief sets in, we can look to Cain and Abel, and we can look at that story, and we can say to ourselves, man, you know what? i got to have faith. God, God, help me right now with my faith because my faith is weak. Anybody got weak faith tonight? And if you have weak faith, then you're almost borderline unbelief. Come on, a lot of people are in church, but they don't believe. I promise you they don't believe. They're, they're, listen, they're hanging on by one song. <laughs> Amen. Watch the text. Watch the text. The text says, by faith, Enoch, when he was taken up, I'm sorry, was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained a witness that before his being taken up, watch this, he was what? He was what? Pleasing to God. So we find that, first of all, Abel gave God a better sacrifice by faith. We found out now that Enoch, watch this, was what to God? Listen, may I ask you a question? Who are you living to please? And if you live to please God, it doesn't matter what man do to you. Doesn't matter how much they tear you down. Doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do, amen, to you. Guess what? If you live your life to please him and only him, you and I can come up out of unbelief. Watch the text. Verse 6 now. And it says, and without faith, it is what? It is, it is, it is what? First of all, if you read your Bible correctly, you'll see that it says, first, first thing you got to understand about God, nothing is impossible for him. Right? And here's the thing you got to know about yourself as a child of God. 
Nothing is impossible for you. Oh, I don't think you heard what I just said. I never thought in a million years, in a million years, you could have told me that today I would be standing here preaching the word of God, teaching at a seminary, founding a seminary, founding a church. Okay? But see, here's the thing. When I used, when I got saved, I used to look at the priest. I said, man, I don't, don't want to do none of that. They can keep that. I, shoot, I just want to sit in the pew. But God has proven to me that if, watch this, that whatever the plan is for your life, it will come to pass. You know, I got leaders that tell Pastor, I, I, don't, I never even saw myself. That's the whole point. I know you didn't see it, but God gave you a pastor who can see it in you. Now, you just got to say, okay, by faith, I got it. See, we worry about things, but we don't do it by faith. And that's how we find ourselves moving closer and closer into unbelief. And watch this. And then we put our trust. Here's what happens. Satan has a, he has a plan, man. Watch this. He'll get you all pumped up and hype. Okay? And then you'll start putting your trust in people. And putting your faith in people. And now the object of your faith is not God. It's what? People. And watch what happens. And those same people will let you down. And may I say something to you? That's why people leave churches. Because they put their faith in the man of God. No, you got to catch that first part. <laughs> that first part. He's a man. Amen. Now, I'm not saying you're not supposed to trust your past and have faith in him, okay? But here's the thing. You got to remember that you got to love the God in him. Hello, somebody. Now, watch this now. Watch this now. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, I don't know. I don't, I have never seen this. It's easy to please God. But yet it's hard. For some of us. See, we're so wrapped up in our problems that we forget all about God. We get so wrapped up in our circumstances, watch this, that we stop having faith. And the moment that you stop having faith, you are no longer pleasing unto him. Now watch this. As you find yourself not pleasing to God, guess what starts happening in your life? Stuff start breaking down and you start taking matters into your own hands. But watch this. But when you were doing it by faith, everything, even though you were broke, you still felt like you had money. Even when things that wasn't all that great, you still had joy. See, the thing you can't buy is joy. And see, when you move to unbelief, right, what happens is because your faith, because our faith now, watch this, and watch this, 
If we're no longer pleasing him, then who are we pleasing? Listen, I'm trying to drive this point home about your faith. Your faith, what does that really mean? Look, look, look at this, look at this. He says, and it's impossible to please him. Watch what he says. For he who comes to God must believe that he's what? That he is. <laughs> I love that phrase. That he what? That he is. Circle that in your Bible if you can. God is my everything. Come on, somebody. God is, come on somebody, my life. God is Jehovah Jireh. Come on somebody. God is Jehovah Rapa. God is and will always be. When Moses asked, well, who do I, who do I say sent me? He says, tell him I am sent you. Notice how God will just say little two words. You're like, tell I am sent you. And then he says, without faith it's impossible to please him, but they that come to God must see your faith is linked into one word. You ready for that word? Believe. Can I ask you a question? What do you believe about God? And I'm not asking you to tell me what God has done for you. I'm not talking about that. What is God to you? What do you believe that he is tonight? That's the only way to know, the only way you're going to know him. See, the reason I'm asking these questions, right? Because it's telling me how much time you spend with him. Because the more time you spend with him, you're going to realize, y'all, that he's more than enough to you, to you. I'm not talking about what everybody says. I'm talking about personally, who is he to you? Some people don't even believe he exists, the atheists. So when he says, you must believe that he is, that's what you put there. Man, that's, that's a good look, isn't it? We've read this scripture a lot of times, but, but he says, you must believe that he what? Is. Now, apart from the theological point of view, okay, that he's alpha and omega, that he's omniscient, that he's omnipresent, all right, uh, in addition to that, you got to make this thing personal. Let me tell you why. Because when unbelief sets in, you're going to need to know who he, ah, come on and help me. Y'all walking with me tonight. You're going to need to know what, who he is. And let me say something about this atheist thing. There are going to be a lot of people as you go to school, all of it, I don't believe God. I don't believe God. Okay, well, that's fine. But who created you? Now, that's, that's the big question to me, right? And then if you say, well, oh, it was natural selection. All right, okay, I'll go with that. Okay, the big bang theory. Boom, big bang. 
matter and force came together, and here we have, boom, the universe is created. My question to you would be, who created matter and who created force? And then even when it came together, the question is, who pushed them together? And then, let's ask this question, right? Then where did the galaxies come from? There has to be what's called an intelligent designer. Behind every design, there's a designer. Right? Am I right about it? Every, every design, there's a designer. So, so, so when people start talking to me like that, I say to myself, you know what? Do I really want to engage in this conversation? Because I already got the answer. See, it takes more faith not to believe than it does to believe. That's why he says to us, if you have the faith the size of a what? Mustard seed. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? It's about this small. So, so when we're saying, well, it's about this small. It's about a big, just about bigger than a grain of salt. I have one. That's right. We had one in class. Right? Watch this, though. But here's the part that, let me see. I think I, I, think I, got, it, I got it in my... I think I got the mustard seed here in my broke up wallet here, y'all. Time for a new wallet, y'all. It's all ripping up. <laughs> there, there you go. This anniversary month, ain't it? This past anniversary month? Oh, I'm just checking. Now, I don't like them big now. I like them this size right here. So I can put them in my back pocket and keep rolling. Okay, I don't have it with me. But anyways, it ain't that big. I'm sorry, it's not that big. That was Ebonics. <laughs> so mustard seeds about that big, right? So, so here's the thing. You're thinking, man, I need to be a giant. I need to be all big and know the Bible. No, listen, I know some people who don't even know the Bible. They got more faith than the people who know all the scriptures. You gotta have faith, y'all. Um, I know Alexa, she's gonna invite her coworker, and she was saying, Oh, y'all don't want me there. They won't let me in. And she was just talking. She said, She's a kind woman, nice, kind woman. She said, I'm a witch. And Lex was laughing. Please bring her in. She, <laughs> Please bring her in. She said, Honey, uh, what did you say? <laughs> she couldn't believe she was. Yeah. Bring it on in. Bring it on in. Bring it on in. We take witches. We take warlocks. We take, we, take, we take drunks. We take homosexuals. We take all kinds of people. And this is a, you know what this is right here? This is a hospital, y'all. Bring them. Just get them here. That's all. Now, now here's the thing, though. When you come, though, Make sure you come with an open mind. Don't come to criticize. Come with an open mind so that you can hear what the word says. But here's the thing. There are a lot of believers in church today, and I'm pressing this point, and I've been pressing this point now for four weeks because, because many of us, under the pressures of life, we stop believing. You could be reading your Bible every day and still not believe. Just going through the motions. So how do we remedy it? By faith. Look what he says. He says you must believe that he is and that he is a what? A rewarder of what? Of what? 
My first point is that you have to have faith. My second point is that you must, my second point is that you got to know who he is to you. And here's my third point. You ready for this? You ready for this? If you're going to remedy unbelief, you have to seek him every day. He says he will reward you. Oh my goodness. Some of us don't have because we have not asked. But not only that, but we, we haven't really received what we should have because guess what? We just went silent on them. We stopped. Listen, you remember when you first got it? You first got a dose of Jesus? You first, you first, your first introduction. Remember the fire you had on the inside of you? What happened? What happened? Watch this. You got faith, but you stopped seeking him. So therefore, now we're seeking to please man instead of God, and now your faith is what? Listen, you can't have more faith in a man than you do in God. We're seeking all kinds of things now, but we have to go back. What, what do you think? What do you think seeking means? To search? To look for? Let, let, me, let me help you a little bit. Let's get the Greek word now. This is Bible study, ain't it? Okay. All right. The Greek word for the word seek, what verse was that? Six? Eleven, six, right? Watch this. Watch this. Oh, yeah. The, the word is, in the Greek, it means to seek out, to search. Watch this. Watch this. Hold on a minute. To be deliberate about. Watch this, watch this, watch this. To be looking, inquiring. Oh, see, we think striving after. See, what happens to us is like sometimes we come to church, we get a word, we're good, and then that's it. Whew, problem's over. Okay, and guess what? We go back into comfortable mode. But he says, if you're going to have faith, and if you're going to overcome unbelief, you have to constantly be seeking him. Searching after him. Inquiring, amen. Inquiring about him. Listen, listen, listen. Striving after him. Demanding. But you know what the word that got me? Is the word deliberate. Deliberate. You have to be deliberate about it. Deliberate about it. Determined. He says, he says, and, and, and watch this. If you come to God by faith, you got to believe, but you got to what? 
You got to believe that he is. But what else? But you got to seek him. Saints, many of us don't believe because we're not seeking him. We're seeking what we can get from him. And that's the problem. That's why people's faith fails in about a month or two, or three, or four, or five. Some people are good at holding on for a little while, okay? But, but here's the thing. Then in their hearts, when they leave here, they just close up this book. This book doesn't become part of who they are. And here's the thing. We got podcasts and all kinds of stuff. You don't li- Listen, you can't get this message in one night. But if you keep listening to it over and over and over again, all of a sudden it starts coming in your heart, coming out in your living, and then guess what? You start growing. Watch this. Watch this. He says, he says here, he says, he who comes to him, he must believe that he is. So, so you got to believe. Part of your faith is what? Believing. Now that word, in, that word belief it, the word means pestuo in the Greek. The word means to put your trust in. All right? Now listen to this. Go to, um, that's how we're going to defeat him. Go to 1 John 1 and 9. It's a great passage. It's a passage for believers. And because I'm talking to believers, right? Hopefully I am. Huh? All right. Now, now, you know what's interesting about what we just read is that if you have faith, you'll be doing those things. Seeking him, not when you want him, but all the time. Amen? Look what 1 John 1 and 9 says. If you're going to overcome unbelief, here's what you got to do. Listen to me real good. Every time, (laughs) every time you fall in unbelief, you're falling in what? Right. This passage is not for unbelievers. This passage was written for the believer, and it's something that we need to exercise. Every time you find yourself saying, I don't believe, you got to take this scripture, and you got to put it to practice in your life. You have to say, God, forgive me for my unbelief. The Bible says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and what to do? And what? And to what? And to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. Now, remember this. We're not perfect. That's why when the man said, you know, I believe, but help my unbelief, he was confessing. Now, the question I have tonight, how many of you are going to be honest with yourself and confess and say, Lord, you know what? 
Forgive me. Because I want to tell you something. I, 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 this morning when I got up, <laughs> I, I didn't believe. See, unbelief is a sin, y'all. What do you think happened to the children of Israel? It's their unbelief in God that caused them to be punished and ultimately forfeit the kingdom. They forfeit the first generation that came out of Egypt. They forfeited Canaan because of their unbelief. And when you find yourself, now this passage, you may want to note this passage, keep it close to you, because every day you should examine yourself to say, okay, is there any unbelief in me? Lord, please forgive me. Come on, somebody. We're on our way. We're doing something here tonight. We're doing this. Listen, when, it, when, the, when the thought crosses your mind, you say, God, I exercise 1 John 1 and 9. You got to speak the word back to God and say, God, I exercise 1 John 1 and 9 tonight, and I ask that you would forgive me, Lord, of my sin. Are you with me? Go to... Uh, Galatians chapter 3. That's our next passage. Galatians chapter 3. I, I mean, I don't, I, you know, I know when I start talking about sin, y'all get kind of quiet. Um, look, 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 look at, what, look at what, what Paul was talking to the Galatian church. Go to verse 1. <laughs> You see, they had fallen for the okie doke. I mean, they had fallen for the trick of the enemy, the okie doke. He says, You foolish what? Who bewitched you? Talking about a witch. Who bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? See, what had happened was false teachers had came in, and guess what they were saying? They were saying that Jesus wasn't crucified. You see, here's what the enemy is going to do to bring unbelief. Not just trials. He knows that you're going to grow in your faith, and eventually when trials come in your life, you're going to be able to overcome that. You're going to accept that as part of you being a Christian. A growing Christian at that. So I don't say this to you. Uh, as a growing Christian, you will constantly have trials. But, but listen, you don't have to face those trials by yourself because God gives you the tools to handle those trials. But here's where Satan will really try. He will get you to start believing false doctrines. False teachings. You know, you know, when you're you know when you're looking for an answer to a problem, you can you can choose two things. You can go with the quick fix, or you can deal with it and and, and go through the process of handling the issue. Now the quick fix is only gonna last for so long. And what was happening to these, this Galatian church, listen, they had gotten caught up in false teaching. 
Now watch this. You foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? Verse 2. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by what? Works of what? Or, or by what? Or by what? So somebody was teaching them now that they had to somehow work to be saved. Ain't that something? Listen, somebody was teaching them, hey, you got to work in order to be saved. Now watch this, right? Watch this now. They didn't learn Christ that way. You and I are saved by faith alone, in Christ alone, with nothing else. No works, no speaking in tongues. All right, don't come here with that. I got, I got a scripture for that, but I ain't going to deal with that. You are saved simply by opening your mouth and asking Jesus Christ to save you. Period. You're saved. That's it. And, and watch this. But you got to believe. You got to believe. There go that faith. Now watch this. All of you have faith. Because when you gave your life to Christ, you had faith. Now watch this. Watch this now. Look, look what he says. He says, he says did, did you receive the spirit by the work of what? The law? Or, or by hearing with what? Verse 3. Are you so foolish? Having began by the Spirit, are you now being what? Perfected by the what? By the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, so, that, so then does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, did it do it by what? Works of the law or by what? If you're going to beat unbelief, you've got to do it by faith. Faith is how faith is like kryptonite to unbelief. And every t- any time it comes into your mind that, man, you know what, I, I just, I, I don't, it, it, it just doesn't look. See, that's not faith. See, here's the thing. We want life to look a certain way. And when it doesn't, we stop having faith. So therefore, we move into what? Unbelief. But let me give you this and I'm done. The next enemy of your faith is not only ignorance, unbelief, but here's the next enemy. You ready for this? Apathy. Apathy. You you know what apathy is? This is a progression here. How many know what apathy is? You know what apathy means? I don't care. It's the opposite of what you just said. That's the other enemy that creeps into the church. I don't care. 
I just don't care no more. You know why? Because first of all, I'm in ignorance because I don't know the word. I've slipped into unbelief. I have no more faith. So now what do I do? Should I don't care. Bible study? For what? I'm tired. I haven't been to work all day. <laughs> heard what you laughing at, heard. You know what I'm saying? Apathy is like, like the person said, I really don't care anymore. Listen, but it was important for you or it was important to you at one point. But because of what? Unbelief, ignorance, we slip slowly into apathy. Oh man, I'm painting a picture here. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Apathy is very similar to the attitude expressed by the church in Laodicea for which Jesus condemned them. What I want to show you throughout, apathy means I want life to be, I want to be at ease. I, I don't want to fight anymore. I, I want to, well, Yes, but oftentimes people with apathy, remember, remember the one thing I said, I don't what? That's it. So it's, it's, not, it's not really about a comfort zone. It's about saying it's an attitude. It's an attitude of, I don't care. They want me to show up. I ain't going. Why? I got something to do. I come all the way to church, but I never come into Bible study. I go in the back. I don't care. My mind is what? Disconnected from all of it. And I'm going to say something to you. Don't be surprised if it happens to you. That's why I'm teaching it. So that when you find yourself in this mode and Satan tries to grab your mind, you got to say, uh-uh, not me, boo. Uh-uh, no way. I ain't going there. You ain't taking me there. And you got to be careful of the people you hang with because some people that you hang with, they don't care. And because they don't care about what you care about, guess what? They pull you what? Right where they are. Now, the Bible condemns, listen to this, the spirit of apathy and neglect. Did you know that? The Bible talks about that. And next week we'll look at that, all right? Give God a hand clap of praise tonight.